Hey, shout out to my holla at you. To many people, Japan seems like the coolest country in the world. Despite its incredibly dark colonial past, especially the heinous acts committed by the Japanese army under the orders of the High Command and Emperor Hirohito during World War II, the country has kind of redeemed itself by becoming a sort of mecca of pop culture, food, video games, anime, manga, and, in relation to the last two, hentai. Angela! Bobby! We're probably going to get a lot of you this month. Always, right? Yeah, because... I live here. You live here and... I'm easy. Shit's happening. Some people can't be doing shit. You're going to be subbing in on an episode all August. All August, all Angela. Just about. (laughs) So, but we have a theme for... I try to do a theme for all the shorties every month. And this one is YouTube... YouTuber documentaries. There are documentaries on YouTube mm-hmm. and YouTubers that fancy themselves content creators. I think everyone that we're going to talk about this month actually do have by the standards of YouTube successful YouTube channels. Sure. I haven't compared them all to each other, but it seems like everyone, all these people have made some kind of a semblance of a career. It makes sense to me in all but one case. We'll tackle these one at a time, okay? Okay. So this week, kind of starting off a little dark, to be honest. Yeah. The first one is called Junko Furuta, Japan's Most Infamous Murder by Savox, S-A-V-O-X. Mm-hmm. That's the person who made this one. Uh, sounds like a young uh, English person. Yes. Now, when we when we discuss these, we need to think about, like, you know, there's different styles, right, of YouTube documentary there's people who just kind of concentrate on things. There's people who put themselves on camera and like will explain things a long time. There's people that really just do the pure footage. And then there's people that just like a barrage of cuts and information and stuff yeah. like that. I'd say this one is like um, pretty standard for not bad at right. all. Yeah. But there's something about the YouTube document documentary, the YouTube documentary maker... There's always an element of, like, self-promotion in there somewhere in the YouTube video. I guess there has to be. Yeah, they have to ask you to like and subscribe and follow and all that. So Savox here is talking about Junko Furuta, who is a young girl who was murdered terribly. Yeah, this is a really, really awful story that I've come across it once before. I honestly can't remember where. I'm sure it was a podcast, but I used to listen to tons of true crime stuff i've actually kind of backed off of it in the last few years well you and i are probably going to be getting back into true crime here so i'm cool i'm cool with watching documentaries and like us talking about it i had to back off of like a constant barrage of it just in my ears of other people telling me these stories all day long like i it became too much listening to the same stories by different people you do start hearing the same stories over and over again. I and feel like I could tell you verbatim every single thing that happened to Elisa Lamb because I think I've heard that like 20 times. But I guess we're a part of that now because I'm sure anyone yeah. who's heard multiple stories of Junko Furuta. Yeah. And I actually, when I was picking these, 
there's only one where I watched a little bit. I kind of forgot that uh, the story of Junko Fruta. I've mm-hmm. heard it before, and I've heard it in vivid Detail. details. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like a last podcast on the left episode did it. It might have uh, been, and I, I I haven't listened to that show in like two years. At this I thought point. it might have been a My Favorite Murder, but I feel like there was a lot of details, so it might have been the a details last are more in line left. with last podcast on the left. We need to talk about how they execute or they're executing this thing, how they're laying it out, the build up. Yeah, we can't just say what the story is. That's what they're doing. Which You're we right. which we also need to do that, but we need to like make note of what they're showing us for real. Sure. And uh, Savox, he opens up talking about how Japan has a low crime rate. He's talking about biker gangs. I guess Japan has a biker gang well, problem. Well, he mentions the Yakuza. Yeah, they, he doesn't mention them at first when he's talking about He talks the, about like the a terrible mob organization past. or something, or shows a picture. Well, he talks about them a little later. Yeah. But at first, he's just talking about biker gangs and Om Shinrikyo. I guess it's very Japanese this week. But aside from having these, like, this underground, like, mob like, network and this huge biker gang and this huge cult. I want to know more about this biker gang. I know. I've never heard of I've that I've never before. heard that. But aside from all those, I know there's a big, say, I know there's a big like rockabilly culture in Japan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe he's, maybe they're just getting that confused. <laughs> he's getting it confused, but maybe there's a tie-in. I don't know. Is there a tie-in? Anyway, we're saying something. Just that it has one of the lowest crime rates in the world. In terms of purposeful, violent crime, this is the lowest in the world. Yeah, one of fairly safe there, and he talks about how it's a huge like pop culture mecca. Hentai. I've heard about like regarding Japan's crime rate. It does seem like violent crime is low, but it also seems like if you're like a foreigner in Japan, mm-hmm. anything that happens to you is not going to be uh, considered an outrage amongst the greater public, you know, or that some things things might often get. Swept under the rug, especially in regards to organized crime, which is very real in Japan, mm-hmm. in connection with businesses and stuff like that. So you think it's more of a, it's a low crime rate because it's it's still a society where crimes are not reported. I would bet that in terms of like white collar crime, sure, Japan might be one of the highest on the planet. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So yeah, this is a murder. Five people, four perpetrators, all under the age of 18. Junko was a middle child in a family and went to uh, Yashimanati High School. I might be saying that wrong. She was a straight-A student. She was born in 1971. She worked at a plastics molding, like, company. To raise a factory, yeah. She was a beautiful, smart, kind girl, by all accounts. Well, there's also this kid at school named Hiroshi Niano, considered a giant bully, and this is when the yaku- the word Yakuza starts showing up in this little mini doc. He's accused of having a Yakuza tie. Mm-hmm. And Junko uh, turned down Niano when Niano um, asked Junko out. And I don't know if this is... I think this is just a thing that the documentarian posits. His theory is that this guy didn't actually have any real feelings for her. He more wanted her for like a trophy. Because she was like the perfect girl. Miano most likely had no actual feelings for Junko and merely wanted to have the most popular girl at school as a sort of trophy to have at his side, further establishing himself as the big man on campus. I mean, I could see why you would come to that conclusion. It seems like he, that in light of saying what you know, 
that maybe what you just said means nothing. Yeah, and and I will not do that more, but just to say also, like, there is a lot of, perhaps it was this. Yeah. Maybe this happened. And you just don't know those things, so. The word, I notice in a lot of these here, the word perhaps gets kind of thrown around a lot in a lot of these YouTuber docs where it's like everything gets bookended in like opinion time and stuff. Yeah, you're trying to fill in the gaps that you can't really know and you also want to like, you've been thinking about it so much that you want to put your ideas out there too. And we certainly project our opinions, but we are kind of like a review show. Documentaries and de facto weird small clip yeah, short documentary shit. Uh, so yeah, Junko turned down Niano. And um, this, I guess, hurt Niano's pride. So his buddy, Shinji Minato, and he are in a park and they see Junko riding the bike. And Junko has Minato kick her off the bike and then run off. And then Junko runs up to be like, oh, are you okay? Yeah, can I help you? Can I walk you home? Yeah, yeah. Except he doesn't walk her home. He ends up just straight up abducting her. And they... There's this very quick, like, string of locations. They take her to a warehouse and then they take her to a hotel and then they take her to a park and like in the midst of this like other friends are joining them what are the other two guys uh joe gura and yashi watanabe and then they finally end up at minato's parents minato's parents house and this is just sort of like i guess like they kidnapped her without a real plan so then they're just moving all over the place and then they end up at minato's house minato is also stated to have Yakuza ties. And apparently, his parents are there, but are scared of him. Yes. So, though they have kidnapped a girl and are holding them at the house, he tells his parents she's his girlfriend for a bit. They don't believe him, but they also are too scared to argue with him. And then at some point, even that pretense is dropped. I hate not only these boys, but those parents. Savox does something that I'm actually glad he didn't do. Mm Mm-hmm. He didn't sit there and go through hair-splitting detail of the tort because this girl is proceeded to be tortured for 44 days. Yeah, 44 days. By these boys. And you can look online and you can find other true crime things that will break this down bit by bit. It's brutal. It is horrifying. Yeah. And I'm actually glad that Savix did not get into it. Me too. I mean, he did. he did share that while she was there... They told other Yakuza folks about her, like other gang members, and there were apparently like other people coming in and out potentially during this time. But the only people we know about are these four young men who abused her. But those parents, it's like, get a, get a rope and just end it. <laughs> they never called the cops. Also, his brother, I think, was there. Yeah. They never said a thing to anybody. 40 days. A four, girl is 44. Being- 44 days. I think they were in the house for 40 days and never said a single word. So you're probably hearing screams of this girl. Oh, yeah. There's no way. They made her sleep outside at night in the freezing cold. Yeah. Like, how do you not know that that that's happening? You know that's happening. You know that's happening. You're just choosing not to do anything because, what, you're scared your son's going to beat you up? Go to the fucking cops. You're grown-ups. He's a child. I don't care how scary he is. So eventually she dies, and they put her body in an oil drum and fill it with cement and dump it somewhere in Kyoto. Junko's family sent out a missing persons report after two days. Yeah, so after two days, um, her family put out a missing persons report. The boys hear about it because they're in the same town still, and they make her call her parents and say that she's run away, 
and that she's fine. And so they stop looking for her. Yeah. So later, Niano and Agura are arrested for rape of a kid. After that, there's a string of events that go on because these boys cannot stay out of trouble. And Junko's body is later found and identified. And all the boys are arrested. It doesn't seem like it took no problem at all to piece together exactly who did this. Yeah, once once they once one of the boys confessed because he thought they knew what was going on, but they were actually questioning him about a different murder. It's really kind of fuzzy. But one of the boys basically just said, told what happened. Which yeah. is why they, they knew so quickly and then everyone got convicted. They were all under 18 still at this time, so they labeled them as like A, B, C, and D. And their eyes are covered in newspapers because they're kids. Except? Oh, Joe Agura, for some reason we don't know. Never covered his eyes. So they get sentenced. Niano is sentenced to 22 years. Minato was sentenced to, how much did Minato get sentenced to? Four to six years, but it ended up being five to nine, only because he just like didn't show up to court. Uh, Watanabe, five to seven years. Yeah. And Agura, eight years. Yeah. It's disgusting. Minato's parents got sued in civil civil court, and I think the amount was like tens of millions of dollars. It was 50, I wrote this down, it was 50 million yen. So, Junko's parents sued the parents. Minato. Minato, sorry. Uh, Minato, and won 50 million yen and caused Minato's parents to have to sell their house mm. to try to pay this back. So the principal of Junko's school gave her, kind of ceremoniously gave her parents her diploma. The school, the whole class, all the classes were super distraught over this. They they show this part where one of her friends actually like did a little, uh, wrote a little thing for her at her memorial, and it it really got to me. Like it was very, it was very sweet. These kids were torn apart. So we go into the aftermath. And Niano is released in 2009, mm-hmm. so all this shit kind of happened in the uh, 90s. She was born in 71, so... So Niano is released in 2009, and he, and he changed his name to Hiroshi Miano, and uh, apparently he was allegedly deep into the Yakuza, and was arrested for fraud in 2013. There was some uh, media investigation that suspected that this Hiroshi Miano was... The Niano who did this ringleader, this horrible crime. Yeah. And when he was approached by someone in the media, he apparently freaked out and disappeared. And no one knows where he is right now. Agura was released in 99. He had a computer job and he was fired because mm-hmm. the people there found out about his crime. Then it's, and this is all what we're told, right? Then he's joined a gang and at some point he kidnapped and beat a fellow gang member yeah and uh and apparently he squandered a lot of his family's savings because i think they were also meant to pay some civil damages to juco's family yeah and they also threw in that like his mother actually like defiled juco's grave because she said that juco ruined her son's life what a completely irrational thing to thought to think it's it doesn't it doesn't make any sense like your son tortured a girl over uh-huh. over a month and you're angry at her it's like these people these parents refuse to hold their own children accountable i guess you know we we know exactly those types of people yeah. truly who never really uh stepped up to teach anybody to be better than what they had growing up let's let's reiterate the same thing instead of like 
trying to level up where we come from and where we've been mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to like a certain understanding to improve the i mean everyone will make their own mistakes it'll be a whole new batch of mistakes but sure. you're supposed to but then when your kid acts shitty and does shitty shit and you can understand a, a, any mother even someone who does horrible shit like this you can understand why a mother would never not leave their child whether they're disappointed in them or not not leave their child's side but to fucking blame a a girl who died one of the worst worst deaths a man imaginable by the hands of your son to Jesus Christ you just want to like kick the shit out of this lady I know Well Minato stayed home he was released in the late 90s as well Yeah and apparently he but he lived with his parents. Like, he just really didn't do much. He's the one, though. Minato's the one that he laid low until he attacked someone again. Oh, right. He... So he, and he blamed the time that he spent in prison as fucking him up to where he couldn't live a normal life. The one that has laid low and has never been arrested again and seems to have the most remorse is uh, Watanabe. Yeah. Rele- he... Released in 96. Uh, he was later interviewed. He was interviewed, but the. The documentary maker could not find that interview itself. So there's no actual, like, interview information. It was him and his family that were interviewed. But apparently the interview was mixed. Like, the some people felt sympathy for him, but others felt like the article was really geared towards making you feel that sympathy. Like, they were, like, a little too easy on him. I guess but we'll compared have... to the rest of them... In the aftermath, he did seem to be the only one who didn't continue acting like it didn't matter. He's the only one that didn't get arrested again. Yeah. And a couple of them, like, blatantly, like, bragged about, like, Agura bragged about having killed this girl. Yeah. So, there's, then we get to the editorializing part of Savox's uh, little doc, which is easily the most useless part of this whole thing. But he starts talking about how, well, he's angry that these people, criminals, didn't get sent away so they their, didn't get charged as adults. Their whole lives, and they're and they're and that because they were they were kids. And then he cites some examples in the United States. One one example. was in the U.S. Uh, I forget the kid's name, but he like horrible crime. Some kid, like a thirteen year old, just killed a four year old. Yeah. And then another case of these two kids in England, right? They weren't charged as adults. They were actually like so protected that they were like no photos of them can ever be shared in the media past the time of their actual arrest. And they've been, like, very shielded. And even one of them later in life, like, did commit more crimes. He's, like, in jail right now. But they've just been, their identities have been very, like, protected because what they did when they were young, which apparently was very terrible, they were very young. And so they were, like, seven and eight or something? Or maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But he makes this asinine point where he tries to say that compared to the way that Japan handled these boys and the UK handled these other boys, the way America handled this 13-year-old kid because who killed of, somebody because was the Amer- right way to do it. Because America has put the... Has, has not This kid can go for parole, the kid in America, the example he used there, mm-hmm. but they he keeps getting denied. He's like 40. They gave him like nine to now. life. And... So Savax is like, So it would seem America has a better justice system than the UK and Japan because they've actually kept their child murderer behind bars. And we were just like, like what brother. Is, bro, your, your little documentary is not bad, 
But what a stupid fucking thing to it's say. It's a stupid thing to say. Off of it's also su- the off smallest. Of these, also, off of the most extreme cases well, you can me- find, this is the conclusion you come. America incarcerates more than any other country in the developed yeah. world. The, we, you can get locked up for a weekend for, like, passing out drunk. Like, it just depends on mm-hmm. who you know, what color your skin is. To mm-hmm. sit there and say, let, me, uh, let a couple of Americans with some privilege... Explain to you that the fucking United States justice system is total shit. Total shit. So you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, kid. But it's just, it's just the ooh. Regardless of that, it's the dumbest thing in the world to take three examples and say that they completely tell the entire. <laughs> this is story the story of the entire of justice like an system. institution, like. A broken, fucked up institution. And you know these kids in the story are fucked up, and a lot of them did crimes again. Yeah. But the but, but the reality is, for America, as much as they incarcerate, and the, there's a lot of countries that every time in America hears about a murderer only getting like 20 years or some shit, because everyone here is just gets so horny to watch people's lives get ruined, <laughs> it just blows people's minds that we just don't throw people in a pit and for and, and forget about them in other countries. Like in Norway, where they always like show the prisons in Norway and how nice they are, and it's mm-hmm. like, are are they supposed to be? Uh, I mean, we're not talking about everyone here is like a serial killer or a or a mad torturer here. I mean, are they supposed to be catching rats? I mean, should they be bathing in piss to satisfy your sense of fucking justice? Like, what the fuck are you talking? This it's the reality is that a lot of these places that serve lower times have lower recidivism rates. Mm. It seems like they might do, if you look at the the patterns of crime that develop in these places compared to America, America does not rehabilitate. No. And, you know, uh, the, the Japanese system didn't seem to work for three out of four of these kids, but, and the fourth one who never did crimes again says yeah. that it fucked them up, but, but look, this idea that, that we do it right around here, it's like... Bullshit. Uh, go... Go go uh go back to your f- whatever you do in England. England, whatever the fuck that is. Hentai. Watch the football or hentai. Spot a dick, Angela. Yeah. We don't rate shorties like this and full-grown Herzogs. We do one through three per person, baby Herzogs. Yeah. Let's get let's get let's get through this. One, you're gonna give this one through three, baby Herzogs. I'm give this one through three, baby Herzogs. Combined for best out of six because it's shorter than a full documentary, so it's less numbers. Isn't that... You get it? I get it. I get it. You get it? I got it. All right. Juko Furuta, Jap- Japan's most infamous murderer by Savix, who uh, who is so insightful on global justice systems. Well, yeah, those are his opinions. Uh, he could have left that bit out. There was also... Very little footage that he actually had, and one part of it was of Junko's memorial, and he chose to cover up that entire footage with the language, the translation of what the girl was saying, which I appreciated having the translation, but, like, I just didn't like the way some of it was put together. Um, I do give him props, again, for not going into the super gory details of what happened. that's a good thing he didn't do that. And he did a lot of follow-up, which sometimes you don't actually hear. Like, usually it's like, and they went to jail for X time, and the the story's over. That was very interesting, actually. I did really like that. I'm going to just, like, I'm just going to kind of go straight down the middle, I feel like, and give this. Well, I'm going to do, like, a 1.75. Okay. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you're kind of on the right track there as far as, like, a true crime YouTube Short doc, 
It's not bad. It was more than what I expected a short doc to be. And the extra bullshit that we complained about, there, mm-hmm. so many of these actually have some extra bullshit like mm-hmm. this. So it ain't all, it's not a Savox problem, as we'll we'll get into as we further go. And I would watch another one of his. Yeah, I'd check it out. I would check it out. So it's not shit. Totally. But I'm, but I'm going to give it a 1.5. That's what I almost did. So combine that is uh, 3.25 out mm-hmm. of 6 Baby Herzogs. So slightly over average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere it's pretty much average. That sounds right. Maybe just give it a 3.5 or 1.5. So it's just a 3. All right, it's a 3. It's just a 3. Pretty much the, the average standard of a yeah. YouTuber true crime short. Yeah. All right. Um, and you know what we say when we sign off here. Uh, go fuck your mom. Something I haven't shared with you all before is that I've always had a fascination with hentai. I always used to watch hentai documentaries when I was a kid, most of them hosted by David Attenborough, and I even spent three years of college studying hentai, though I unfortunately had to drop out because it got too difficult after a while. Thank you for listening to the Documenteers podcast. I am a sex robot. If you want to support the show, we recommend listening, subscribing and recommending this show to people that you feel like can handle the shit we spitting. Cool people like Juggalos. A great way to help the show is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Any written review at five stars will be read on the show and it can pretty much be anything but hate speech. You can simply write butthole 37 times in a row with a five star rating and that would be perfectly acceptable and greatly appreciated. Contact us through our Documenteers. Instagram or email us at documenteerspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I am a sex robot. Keep on docking. Hentai.